Yo, we're back, baby. Week three, Cashing Points Podcast. Uh, I'm Graham. You got Scott. We got Johnny. The regular trio is back. And uh, and Proctor is counting his big Cooper Cup bucks. He's still, he's got a wad of cash in his pocket right now. Uh, he's still counting up the dollar bills from hitting Cooper Cup last week is the best play on the slate. Um, but guys, got another fun one here. I don't think, I don't think there's as many good games as last week, but um, really fun slate to talk through. Um, just general thoughts. How are we feeling this week? I love this slate, man. Yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah, me too. Well, that Natty White hat. I love that Natty White hat too. You get that in college, Proctor? Uh, I well, I had one and I destroyed it after <laughs> like ten years, and I actually just replaced it with this one. But it's supposed, to, you know, this is like the full dad hat. Like it came like looking weathered. Gotcha. One of those. <laughs> I haven't had a Natty White in ten years. Oh, uh, it's it's uh. It's what I keep stocked as just like my, you know, <laughs> it's cheap and I like the taste. Oh, it's water. I mean, there's really no taste yeah. to it. Exactly. Thing. You can drink 30 of them and still, you know, do things the next day. Oh, you are. We have different tolerances, my friend. <laughs> I, can't, I can't drink 30 of those things anymore. Uh, Scott, how's it going, man? Good. Good. Yeah, I don't like this slate. This is a gross slate. They're, they're didn't like last week's slate either play Saquon Barkley who looks like Falcons era Todd Gurley and they're trying to get me to play CEH you know Ooh, we're gonna talk one of my about all-time Barkley. yeah worst worst uh worst calls yeah yeah well I'm excited to talk Barkley and Edwards Lair. I think those are two of the most interesting plays on the slate by the way we have a uh, new graphic cashing points graphic in the bottom right corner uh Ben round of applause man you're always crushing it um all right Let's get into this later, guys. Um, oh, just just saw I uh, just saw a, a chat. Uh, Scott, are you drinking some raw milk today? Oh, you know it. <laughs> you got I have your, it. You, I have it in the other room. Yeah. You got your five liters of raw milk prepared for this. I, dr- I drove like an hour away for it yesterday. <laughs> is that is that because uh, what's his name who drinks five gallons of milk a day got got a job with the big leagues? So you are trying to catch up? <laughs> that's that's right. That's what it is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> didn't he like mention that he like sat in a parking lot and drank like two gallons of milk or something like that and he said he felt like a drug addict or something yeah he had like a it was like some rule where he drank like x amount of milk every day and he had to like get his milk you know it's like it's like a fitbit where you got to get like your last hundred steps but he's like ripping milk in like a walmart parking lot jesus i cannot imagine <laughs> i'm extremely lactose intolerant and that just makes me want to fucking throw up right now so uh let's get into it here guys washington and the bills uh bills are seven and a half point home favorites over unders 45 and a half um i mean Taylor Heineke, man. I mean, it's been just two small starts, but you know, he, he answered the bell in the wild card round last uh, last year against the Bucks, put up 25 fantasy points. Last week he put up 20. Um, I think Heineke's gonna be gonna be better than people are expecting. And that's kind of the key for this game is we need Washington to keep their foot on uh keep, you know, score and make the Bills keep the foot on the gas. Um, so let's start with the Bills. I mean, I think we're all waiting for Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs to hit a ceiling. And now they're cheaper than they've been all season. It's got the question is, is like, if Josh Allen hadn't gone like full Josh Allen and gave himself up at the one yard line, would, would, 
Like, would we be talking about him as one of the higher on players of the slate? I think we probably would. I mean, his his price on DraftKings is is egregious. Yeah, yeah, he should be one k more expensive for his ceiling. Um, and by the way, I mean that touch that should have been a touchdown. That was like one of the weird wonky rules too, like a quarterback sliding near the goal line. I mean, he shouldn't have given himself up and he should have just powered his way through, but yeah, I mean, he should have had a way bigger score last week. Also, I mean, that game just went to shit so fast without Tua. I mean, Bills just didn't have to do anything. Um, so I guess that's my concern here is Washington's going to have to do things and, and Heineke has been fine. I mean, it's not pretty at times, but he's, you know, moved the chains in his two starts and um, yeah, I'm excited to play, to play some Allen at this, this cheaper, cheaper prices Stephon Diggs, i mean you know he hasn't had a ceiling too because because allen struggled a bit but i mean the target share has been there 28 29 percent uh in the first two games uh washington's defense has also not been good to start the year too so yeah. I, I really like and, i like this spot a lot and Diggs has been like fine you know he's he's had like 16 ppr points back to back but everyone's like written off Diggs. like people are like i've got like like my friends from home like texting me like you know would you be trading Stefan Diggs away? You know, like, like people are like done with the bills. It's so, it's so wild. Society we live in now, man, two weeks, two weeks in, you don't produce like you did the year before you're, uh, you're toast. That's, that's the way it goes now. Yeah. So Scott is Josh Allen dust and is Antonio Gibson dust? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I think, um, I think we just sort sort of see the regression. Like it happened with Carson Wentz. It happened with Lamar Jackson. The touchdown rate was not at all sustainable. And who Josh Allen was before last season was he was consistently one of the most matchup sensitive quarterbacks in fantasy and by a landslide. It was something like whenever he went up against a bottom 10 defense by schedule adjusted fantasy points per game. He averaged like 33 fantasy points per game. And then the rest of the time, like 18 or 15. And so I think that might be what we're seeing. I mean, he's, he's definitely a value, but I'm inclined to just pay up for Kyler or pay down for fields this week. And then Gibson, man, like I I want to love him. Like he's seeing decent volume, 16.5 carries, 3.5 targets per game, Uh, but zero looks inside the 10 yard line. Uh, McKissick played on two of two snaps inside the 10 and uh, game scripts unideal. It's basically what it was like last week. And he's, he's definitely mispriced on FanDuel, but he's another one of those running backs where it's like, okay, he's a value, but I still don't really want to play him. Yeah. He's a, I mean, he's phenomenal price on FanDuel. Barkley's a, I think Barkley's a better play, but Gibson is, Gibson is very, very close. Yeah. I'm excited to talk Barkley because I want none of that. Oh really? man, you're gonna get dusted again this. I know. I what am. are you doing, Scott? You don't want any Barkley after you caped up from all off season too. This is the spot, man. This is what I, we that might for. be. What it is is like I have so much exposure <clears throat> that I have <clears throat> to be pessimistic. I have to play the other so, side. I don't want to get my hopes up. So do you remember? Do you remember like it was like three or four years ago when Melvin Gordon was like hurt to start the season? And then, like, he came off the injury report after, like, two or three bad games, and no one played him, and he scored, like, 40 fantasy points. This is, like, that same spot. Like, Barkley is now 100%, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I believe that at all. Really? Okay, we'll get to we'll 
We'll no. we'll save we'll save it for the next game. Yeah. He was he was Todd Gurley last week. Yeah. No, we'll he save wasn't. It. But he absolutely was. The so um F1, I think, is in play. And I think he's probably like the only Washington football team guy that I like want to play. Yeah. Um, I think McKissick is is fine in like Bill's stacks and whatnot, but otherwise I think I think Bill's D is is probably one of the higher upside uh, plays on FanDuel, um, probably the best play on FanDuel. And then otherwise, I mean, th- I don't love this game, but I do want to, I do want Bill's exposure. Like if I had 20 teams, I would want some Bills, but if I had three teams, I might not. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, McLaurin on Heineke 61 passes this year easily leads the team with 18. Thomas has 10, followed by Adam Humphreys and Deami Brown with nine. So uh, McLaurin has been the clear, clear cut alpha. And we saw last week them get him, get him the ball on, on zone beaters and stuff. So yeah, I think, I think McLaurin, I think I'm with you. I think McLaurin's really the only guy I want here for Washington. Um, it's got, I think you nailed it. I, I, you know, Gibson is great price on FanDuel, but I like Barkley considerably more and, uh, yeah, game script's not going to be great here. Uh, okay. Bears Browns, Justin Fields games, boys. Um, and, uh, Andy Dalton's out. Odell Beckham is in Jarvis Landry's on IR. So we're going to see the first bit of Beckham. Uh, they kind of just obviously slow played it to start this year, but um, yeah, we got to start with Justin Fields, man. I mean, he's an obvious value on, on both sites. And I think he's going to be, you guys think he's going to be the cash game quarterback this week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, think man. it'll be, it's going to be him, Jackson and, Daniel Jones probably. Yep. You have Jackson above Kyler. No, I'm just talking about like who people are gonna play. I mean projections. Projections like Jackson more than than Kyler this week. Well, uh, the thing with Fields is he's basically Jalen Hurts or Taysom Hill last year, but cheaper. So and not as good week- and on a worse team. I right so like that that's what's in the back of my mind but everyone's going to call you an idiot for saying that um he's 5200 on DraftKings Hertz had an average salary in his starts last year of 6000 he averaged a return of 4.3x value Taysom Hill average salary of basically 6000 25 dollars cheaper than that averaged a return of 3.6x and again, Fields is just 5,200 with arguably more Konami upside. He's scrambling at a much higher rate. Uh, but what Johnny said, like, I think that's right. I mean, Vegas, the, the, the collective Vegas community and sports bettors and whatnot um, does not have faith in, in Fields. I mean, mm. their team total is, is bad. I mean yeah. – you, how often do you want to come in? I mean, who wants to come in and play a rookie quarterback as like a 10 point road dog or they a nine, nine point, eight point dog. Yeah. It's seven and a half right now. And that's moved since open. Right. I mean, they, they, I think they opened as like six and a half. Yeah, I believe so. No, I got it here at seven and a half the whole week, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it got to eight or nine by Saturday. Yeah. Saturday night. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, he came in in a field came in at a pinch last week, but I, I don't think he acquitted himself. Well, he th- basically all of his throws were towards the sidelines. Like there was nothing over the middle. So I'm, I'm not sure if it was just Nagy being a donkey again or what, but yeah, fields fields look, I don't know, questionable at best. I'm not really overreacting to that, but I mean, my bigger concern is this Browns D line, just like blitzing the shit out of them and kind of just wrecking this game here. Their O line is so bad. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like fields, you know, we've got, you know, including the preseason, we've got like 140 snaps on him, and he's ran for 22, 126 and two touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, the, the upside is real. It's just, this game could get wrecked, you know, field struggles and just has to throw a ton to, to try and catch up. But I do, I do think it, you know, bottom line is, I mean, fields 5,200 on DraftKings is, a phenomenal value for, for cash. I mean, he could throw two picks and 150 yards and still get 18 points. I mean, we kind of saw that with Jalen hurts last week. I mean, hurts threw for what one ninety in a pick and didn't have any passing touchdowns. It was still like QB 10 on the week. So that's the thing with these Konami guys is like, it can look like shit and still be fine for fantasy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like fields. I just, I just worry about, I worry about his ceiling, I guess, more so than, than his floor. Like, I feel like it, this is going to be like some Terrell Pryor type games. Uh, any interest in an A-Rob or Mooney? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I did find, uh, a, I did find a Mooney uh, 39 and a half over prop that I liked. Uh, but our yeah, projections not really on it. are all over Mooney. Yeah. We know John loves him, but we're like we have him as like arguably the top wide receiver value. I'm not really there, but I'm not either for the reasons we outlined with Fields. But I do think the script is going to be good, and you know, seven eight targets in both games. And Fields, Fields could hit him. Like, yeah, that's Dalton my thing. Couldn't hit him. Yeah, that's the thing is like he has, you know, he has forty yard plus catch upside. So yeah, and, that's and what that's, I was saying. That's what I was saying. I like I like the over on Mooney's prop, but I don't really like playing him at DFS this week. Um, all right, boys, Brown side, uh, Nick Chubb, pretty much the only viable play. I think um, I, I don't want to play Beckham in his first game back, especially in what should be a very run heavy game script. And I'm just, I'm just done with these other pass catchers. I mean, it's, you know, DPJ is their two Schwartz is their three. They're doing a three man committee at tight end. I just, I don't really want to mess with that. Yeah. I don't want to mess with Browns outside of Chubb. Their whole offense is a committee. I mean, they have all these different packages and, and like for real football, it's great. I mean, they look, they look great, but for fantasy, like figuring out who is going to have a, you know, a bankable market share is just impossible. Yep. Um, Well, how do we feel about Chubb this week? I think after last week, I like him a good bit for tournaments because people Mm -hmm. are going to, not play him because of how last week went and, you know, pretty similar spot. I mean, he, you know, it's discouraging that he's not getting 15, 16, 17 carries, but he's going to get that one of these weeks and people are going to regret not playing him. But I mean, he's definitely, you know, he's the nine times out of 10, he's going to be the goal line back, even though cream hunt's going to steal that occasionally and and give you that sour taste. Oh, last week was fucking Andy Janovich. (laughs) Yeah, touchdown. Right. Um, I will say on Chubb, you know, obviously week one, they play the Chiefs. Game script got out of hand, and last week he missed like a couple series. Um, I don't know if it was like a minor injury or something was going on, but he missed a couple series last week. 
uh, only got 11 carries. So I'm, I'm not too concerned here. I think he's going to get back into like the 17, 18 range. And, you know, like you said, Johnny at the top, the markets just don't have any confidence in the bears or fields in the spot. So I think Chubb is a, a phenomenal play. Um, Scott, you got any Chubb takes this week? No, no, <laughs> like it. let's move it on. Ravens lions, uh, Lamar Jackson game, baby Ravens are, uh, eight point favorites on the road over under is 50. Um, I mean, Baltimore's man, they're in a rough spot, man, with their secondary, no Marcus Peters, uh, Jimmy Smith was out last week. Um, they have just been giving up points in bunches, gave up 60 to COVID, out, COVID outbreak in the linebacker room. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's bad, man. Um, you know, Lamar has been phenomenal when the Ravens are big favorites. He averages 27.7 fantasy points per game when the Ravens are seven-point favorites or better. Um, I, you know, I think, uh, Scott, you kind of alluded to this earlier. I think Kyler's and Lamar kind of have similar-ish ceilings, but I think this week with the price, I think I'm going to give a slight edge to Lamar. I mean, Kyler's really expensive on FanDuel. They, they kind of both have uh, similar things going for them in that there's no run game. Um, yep. So, you know, ideally they get most of uh, the team's rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Um, and Detroit, I mean, they're one of the fastest paced teams in the league. They, they could keep force Lamar to keep his foot on the gas a bit. Um, I don't know, though. Lions have been playing fast because they've been getting stomped and then they have to just play, you know, really quick in the second half to, to catch up. I don't think that's ideally how they want to play, but I mean, obviously this, that same game script that we saw with the Niners and the Packers probably applies here as eight point dogs. Um, I mean, Ravens, de- Ravens defense has not been good, man. I mean, th- this game could be tighter than, than people think. And the Ravens still have like the, the only spot that they have talent in the, on the defense is, is the D line. Um, you know, they're not giving up like high rushing numbers. They've given up touchdowns and some big catches, um, to running backs. So like, if you look at like fantasy points allowed to running backs or whatever, you're going to get them as like middle of the pack, but I really don't think they are. I think by the end of the season, you're going to see the wide receivers and tight ends are what's going to dust them, especially tight ends, which has been a trend for what, like two years now, Scott, that the Ravens just seem to, give it up to, to tight ends. Yeah. And I mean, TJ Hawkinson is, he's the best tight end play of the season. And he's not even projected to be like the highest owned tight end on the slate. It's, it's bizarre to me. Like, why is he not projected to be more owned? Dude, his price went down this week on DraftKings at least. It's insane. Yeah. He got it. He got the Island game mispricing and people still yeah. aren't playing him. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's two more guys to talk about from this game, but but I, I do want to segue a little bit on on Hawkinson. So the why it's I I, I can see why ownership isn't so high is just that uh, Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey since week 13 of last season lead all receivers in fantasy points per game. So you could say they have the highest straight up expectation of any wide receiver. But then their price, like Waller is the wide receiver eight on FanDuel by price. And then factor in the intra-positional advantage, and it's not even close. Like that's who you pay up for. You don't pay up for 
one of these wide receivers when you have a tight end putting up wide receiver one production. Uh, some, some flaws in that is it, Waller's extremely volatile, one of the most volatile players for fantasy. Uh, so he, he's risky for cash. Meanwhile, Kelsey isn't at all. He's hit 21.5 fantasy points in 71% of his games over the past two seasons. No one comes close to that. Devontae Adams is second with 50%. Hopkins is third with 44%. So he's a phenomenal cash play. The problem is, which, which Johnny just alluded to, is Hopkins is 2,200 cheaper than Waller on DraftKings. He's 1,100 cheaper on FanDuel. And I mean, he's, he's smashing. He's ranked first or second XFP each of the last two weeks, uh, 87% route share, 22% target share. Uh, he looks awesome. He looks Gronkowskian. And so I, I think he's, he's my number one tight end play on both sites. EJ Gronkinson, baby. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's the, he's the best tight end play on. Yeah. He's the best tight end play on DraftKings by far. Yeah, what do, you, what do you make of this though, Johnny? I feel like you need, if you're building tournaments, uh, uh, GPPs, I feel like you need one of Kelsey or Tyreek on every lineup because either, either Tyreek gets doubled and he scores 10 points and Kelsey scores 30 or Tyreek gets single coverage where, where he scores like 60 points, but Kelsey still inexplicably scores 20. Bro, your boy Clyde. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> no, I think, I think this is a slate where we have, I mean, we have what? One, two, three, four, five, what? Six, six teams with a 28 plus team total. I mean, I think this is like one of the rare times where I'm not going to just like get on here and, and like gush about why is no one playing the chiefs? Um, I mean, Hawk is just, he's just like a better play than, than Kelsey at cost. Right. And I mean, how often does, how often does Hawkinson score a similar point total to Kelsey? I mean, so far this season, he's two for two in keeping pace. So, I mean, really, unless Kelsey has like a three touchdown game, I, f- I feel like Hawkinson keeps up with him, you know? The other two plays I like from this game, uh, one is DeAndre Swift, who I don't know if you watched last week's game, but he looks freaking shot out of the cannon on every single touch. He ranks ninth in XFP per game, eighth in snaps per game, 66% snap share. Uh, he's just the 16th most expensive running back on DraftKings where you know the PPR profile uh, goes, goes a bit farther. And then the other play would be Hollywood Brown on DraftKings. Um, maybe I wasn't wrong. Maybe I wasn't wrong on, on Hollywood season happening last year. Like if you play in a fantasy league that started in week 12 and ends in week seven of this season, it is Hollywood season. Uh, Graham has a great stat that, that people keep stealing that he's caught a touchdown or surpassed 80 yards in 10 consecutive games um he averages 7.3 targets 17.1 fantasy points per game over that span 31 percent target share this year really soft matchup wide receiver 23 by salary yeah and he's uh he's practicing today as well um yep 
I think I think it's if you're gonna play Lamar, it's Hollywood. Well, Andrews is a fine play too, but I just I can't play Andrews when Hawkinson's like. Right. I, I think I think we're done with tight ends for the rest of the. You yeah. can say you know contrarian Higby or something or Gronk, but yeah, realistically we're we're done with tight ends. Hollywood's probably my favorite tournament play at wide receiver for this slate. Um, I mean he's one of, he's one of the best plays on the slate. Um, some concern, like he's a guy that I can't go all in on while he's dealing with this ankle thing. But like if he was 100% healthy and there was no issue with the ankle, I would I would be all in on him against the Lions. Yeah. He's kind of in like a no man's land on Fanduel too. So I think that's going to keep his uh plus the injury, I think he's going to be probably way lower on than he should and be. And the I think the projections on the market for him are, are are bad right now. Um like I mean like Scott was talking about, I mean we've We've seen him doing it. I mean, he's been like he's had ten plus PPR points for like what ten ten straight weeks straight. Yeah, twelve yeah. and a half, twelve and a half PPR points actually. Yeah, and you've so. got you know, you look around the industry and like floor projections for him are still like you know five or six points or whatever, which is, I think those days are are gone. What's so funny about him though is like. I was always like, oh, he's going to be very volatile week to week, you know, massive boom games, mass big bus games. And then like over the stretch, he's been like one of the most consistent players in fantasy, but we haven't really seen the ceiling too much. I think he dropped a touchdown pass or it got batted away last week, but it was almost, almost a monster day. Lamar missed him on the second play of the game. I mean, he was wide ass open and Lamar just overthrew him. There was that. There was also an end zone target too, I believe. He still got six, one, uh, one thirteen and one last week too. Yeah, he just—I mean—he's just a lock for four or five catches, and then obviously you know what the, the upside is with you know the yardage and touchdowns here. Um, okay, I think we covered this game enough. Uh, Cardinals and the Jags. Um, I mean, obviously, just another home run monster spot for Kyler. Uh, Cardinals are seven and a half point favorites. Over under is fifty two. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is dealing with a ribs injury. Uh, he is uh, game time decision uh, according to Cliff Kingsbury. So we'll it's an early game, so we'll know we'll know pretty early. We'll get some sort of report probably Saturday Saturday night from Schefter or early Sunday morning, so we'll know what the deal is. But um, you know, Kyler's just been phenomenal to start this year. I mean, no other way to put it. Um, and you know, obviously, if if Nuke can't go, Rondell Moore becomes uh, one of the most popular and. Uh, I mean, he's already a good play, but he's going to become in- incredibly popular if if Nuke is out. Yeah, what's your take there, Johnny? Let's say <laughs> we get word DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing. How does that change things for you? I think Moore probably ends up like over-owned um, <clears throat> if Hopkins sits. He's still in that weird, like he's not a full-time player, right? So like if he doesn't score what the 80 yard touchdown last week does. Yeah. But when he is coming on the field, he's getting like design plays, he's getting screens and he's, you know, being force fed the ball. Right. And you have to think that number just continues to rise. And especially with Deandre Hopkins out. So you like, you want to play a 30% owned part-time player, (laughs) you know, that's, that's the issue. Yeah. Like I, th- I think Moore is a guy that I want to play as in my Kyler stacks like every week at low ownership. Um, I think if he ends up 
you know, if, if Hopkins sits, I'll probably end up with like more Christian Kirk, who I think ends up as a, as a full-time player. Um, but at the same time, I think ultimately what I would do is probably just downgrade the, the Cardinals offense because I don't think they're going to have a hard time with the Jags. I mean, I mean, Urban Meyer and, and Daryl Bevel's game plans for the first two games have been just so egregious, man. I mean, they're forcing Lawrence just to chuck it downfield and not giving him any layup throws. They're not running the ball. I mean, that's my concern with Cairo this week is, I mean, they just get up, you know, a couple touchdowns early and just kind of just sit on yeah, the Yeah, but then who's scoring those touchdowns? Kyler. Connor. Kyler. Yeah, exactly. Kyler. But that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, Kyler's ceiling is forty-five points every game, but we need the Jags to do things here. For I don't. That, I don't. For that well, first of all, their defense is so bad. Second of all, if they get up by th- two or three scores, it's Kyler scoring all those. I really think he's the best Florida ceiling QB play outside of Fields. I, I, is he going to win MVP this year? He really might. He's he's a favorite to win fantasy MVP. You know, he's. He's hit 30 fantasy points in like six of his last six healthy games. It's, it's just obscene. It's just like, I, I don't know how I, I talked to a DFS whale that Johnny knows I won't out, but he was like, yeah, I'm inclined to just play Kyler every single week until they jack up his salary by like another thousand. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a great play. I just think losing Hopkins hurt see oh does it though because all right so you have uh one guy who isn't at oh, as open and then you have all right kyler's gonna take off and run well yeah but if they're up 17 kyler's not gonna be doing those runs right yeah and that's that's kind of my point too okay yeah. and that's the the other thing with this week too is like lamar is in just a smash spot too against a terrible defense huge favorite on the road too and he's cheaper Kyler's have, a great play though every week i mean no one's yeah. saying he's not yeah yeah but scott do you agree that lamar and kyler have like virtually the same ceiling this week maybe outside of a couple points or do you think kyler's higher i'd have kyler higher but it's at least close um James Robinson is vaguely in play out on one of the sites after his increased workload last week. I'm not really about it, but, but he'll pop in a model or two. Uh, DJ Chark and Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, I think, is a must-play or borderline on both sites. Chark is in play for tournaments. Yeah, Marvin Jones is pretty strong play on DraftKings. I think and both. I think, I think he's pretty – I think he's – pretty good on Fanduel, but i'm not sure no he's he's great on Fanduel too i'm not sure yeah. you need him because he's six right? he's 6k oh. on Fanduel, where yeah. like you know you have mike williams you have um jamar chase is 6k now with, oh right right um, he's he's wide receiver 24 on Fanduel, wide receiver 43 yeah on DraftKings. yeah, yeah um, marv is a great play and he's gonna he averages gonna... uh oh, sorry. since week eight of last season only three wide receivers are outscoring Marvin Jones, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Stefan Diggs. He averages 8.8 targets, 18 fantasy points per game. Volume's ridiculous this year. He's, he's clearly 
Trevor's guy. DJ Chark is seeing like a great GPP type role where he's seeing the air yards and he's seeing yeah. like the high risk, high reward targets, but they have no chemistry because they haven't practiced at all. Um, and so Marv is just his guy, his trusted guy. But but I, I do think like, you know, Char calls in two 30 yard bombs and like that's game over and you, you get like massive leverage off of the Marv chalk. But um, yeah, Marv yeah, must play on DK. Yeah, he's definitely Chark is Chark is your leverage off of uh I think Marv, I like you don't you look around at the projections for ownership around the industry right now, they don't have him very high, but I think as I've been messing with some of like the you know optimals around the industry and and where he's falling with projections, I think he's gonna end up in most of your cash, you know, optimals that people are talking about. Yep. Um, all right, any other thoughts here? Nope. nope. Right. Uh, I think well, Arizona defense is is they're they're a good price on DraftKings. Okay. Um. Alrighty. Chargers Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are seven point favorites at home, and I thought this would get bumped down a little bit through the week, but it stayed at seven, which is a bit of a surprise. I I, I thought there'd be some more Chargers action. Uh, I've got Chargers uh, plus seven in my pocket already, so. Um, yeah, I just kind of feel like this is, this is the chargers are much closer than the market, um, much closer to the chiefs than the market is, uh, acknowledging here, um, over under 55, um, man, I mean, the thing that also led me to chargers plus seven, I mean, this chief's defense is, has been egregiously bad. I mean, they've given up the most yards per play, uh, so far they've given up the most points per drive so far. Um, you know, Browns and Ravens are on a similar in terms of like just overall efficiency. They're on a similar like archetype and level as the Chargers. And, and Justin Herbert is playing arguably better than any quarterback in the league. Um, I, this, this game is pretty simple for fantasy. And the fact that, you know, we know exactly where the ball is going and we know exactly who the plays are. It's just uh, how, do, how do we want to play this as a whole? Why does no one want to play Austin Eckler? Uh, he's an amazing play on FanDuel. Yes, why, he is. Why, is, why is Austin Eckler projected for less PPR points than Alvin Kamara? Because he's definitely going to outscore him this week. I mean, what was it? Uh, 15 carries in week one, nine targets in week two, and a top three matchup in week three. It's like, oh, what, what more do you need to say? And he's getting all the goal line snaps. Yeah, right. Chargers, Chargers have run three plays inside the five-yard line. One was a two-point conversion. He's gotten the ball on all three of them. This is the last week to get a top five running back for the rest of the season at not a top five price. He's top and five on uh, DraftKings, though, right? I think he's, I think he's fifth, but he's, he's still fifth, like, yeah. he's still like a thousand dollars cheaper than these other guys. Yeah, he's five, four, five hundred cheaper than Chubb and Scott. To your point, he's, he's like. The, the best running back play on FanDuel. Yeah. I mean, just like the Chiefs, the Chiefs have been getting dusted by running backs for like three seasons. And, but the main, you know, every, every week it would be like, yeah, you know, this guy's such a great play, but like once the Chiefs get up by 10, you know, he's not going to be able to really crush, but like Eckler's the guy that like, will crush when they're up by 10 probably even more so than if they have a lead um i think he's just like the the he's the best running back tournament play 
on all the sites because he's going to come in at like five or six percent ownership. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be like top three in ownership on on DraftKings. And I think Eckler's just Eckler's just a better play than him. Scott, we gotta we gotta have a Mia Culpa on Mia Culpa on CH here, man. It's it's bad in these streets. Um no targets and he doesn't have touchdown upside. But other than that, other than that, he's a great play. Yeah. So one of my you know, trusted go-to uh, film expert sources, Brett Whitefield over at FTN. And uh, I remember when CEH was coming out, he told me he had a day three grade on him and my model didn't love him pre-draft. And then Andy Reid said he's better than Brian Westbrook. And the team took him in round one. Veach compared him to Christian McCaffrey. And I was like, all right, who's wrong here? Is it Brett? some guy who works at FTN or is it Andy Reed and Brett Veach? And now, wow, it's bad. It's ugly. He looks like a day three caliber player. Uh, maybe it's the ankle injury suffered in preseason, but he, he has no vision. He looks slow. And like you said, he's not getting the goal line work and he's not getting the target. So like, what, what is there? But he's 4,100. And like, how often does a running back playing, 67% of the team snaps, you know, flop at 4,100 in this high of an over under game with a seven point spread and like a brutal, uh, like an amazing matchup. Mm. And so that's the argument. It's like, th- that's what this slate is doing to us. It, it, there's a bunch of really gross guys. You said, I'm never going to play them. And then they're all like great values. Yeah. I mean, but if Edwards Alaire gets the same exact role, that we've seen for now 17 games where he's capped at four targets max and very, very limited red zone usage. And he's going to be 20% owned. I mean, my God, that's like, yeah, that's an easy fade. man. Yeah. He's unplayable in tournaments. Yeah. That's an easy fade. <laughs> the, uh, the running back coach said he had one of his best days of practices on Wednesday. I wonder, man, I, th- I Scott, I think it's, it might be a confidence type of thing. If the coaches are coming out and saying that type of shit, I mean, he, he has not looked like I think the they're just hoping I think they're just hoping because they have all that draft capital invested but he legitimately looks bad like you could talk about the role not being as good as it was supposed to be but he just looks bad to me I think I think he's been not as not as uh, elusive as he was in college but I don't think he's I mean sure he's never been he's never been a home run speed guy but I think his elusiveness has been fine but that doesn't I see really him matter. just running into defender, like turning into them. Like it's yeah. just, I don't know. Yeah. He, I mean, the decision come like, you really are going to have to decide whether to play him in cash games at where he's going to, you know, be owned. And you know I, who my CEH is this week? Leonard Mike Jones. Davis. I was going to, well, at least it's not as bad as Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Yo, yeah, he's in play again this week. No, he's not. He's going to be a bell cow. <laughs> Rojo's on the bench. Oh man. No, I mean, Mike, da- Mike Davis is a good play. We'll talk, we'll get to. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, your, your counter to my Fournette argument was great, which is just like Brady wants to break Peyton's single season touchdown record. And he yep. says, fuck <clears throat> RBs. The, he's going to do are it my too. Fantasy points. Yeah. Yeah. Brady's going to do it too. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. He's going to do it. Um, yeah. 
All right, we spent enough time talking CEH. Uh, we need to talk some Keenan and Mike Williams. Um, any opinions either way on on those two? I mean, Keenan's always always in play. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, he's cheaper now too on DK. I mean, this this the Chargers should have what two, three more passing touchdowns than they do, just on sort of fluke. So, you know, I think Keenan is going to get there, but I, I would say that Mike Williams has definitely inged the, the alphaness that, that Keenan had last year. But I think they're, they're both good plays for, you know, this game. They're going to have to keep up with the Chiefs. They're going to have to throw. I like uh, Jared Cook, I think, is, is a little interesting again, too, at his price. Um, this is a great game. Uh, Mike Williams is a must-play on FanDuel. He is pretty cheap there. Wide receiver um, 26. Yeah. <clears throat> End yep. of discussion. You mean you're not going to play Robert Woods that everyone says is like the best play on the slate? I don't know. You're the, you're the cup whisperer. Uh, Robert Woods fart noise. <laughs> Van Jefferson, he's running more routes than, than Woods. Is that the pivot? I mean – there's there's only one guy that's like going on double dates with Matthew Stafford. That's who you play. Um, is is who who is the RB two in Kansas City? Is that Darrell Williams? It's Darrell with one L. Yeah, can't, yeah. can't afford he, that second is he, L. See a leverage play. I mean, people love the RB in this spot. So so Darrell scores three touchdowns. Do you remember that week that uh, it was like, what was it? Clyde was injured and. Daryl was like dinged up and like Le'Veon Bell was supposed to start. And then yeah. they like ruled Williams active. And then Le'Veon Bell played like five snaps and Williams was like the highest scoring running back on the slate or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they like, they like him. Um, Honestly, Fernet is a very similar play to CEH in the sense that they should get like a near bell cow workload, but they also have quarterbacks who don't target running backs because they don't need to. Uh, they don't give them touchdowns because they want to score them all for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think Fournette has better touchdown equity than Edwards Alaire, though. I know, that's not saying much, but I think he right, has better right, touchdown right, equity. Right, right, right. He's actually seeing good buying. He's like RB9 yeah. by XFP despite zero opportunities inside the 10. Yeah. Yeah, they just – I mean, they're, they're doing the Aaron Rodgers goal line stuff. Who? Oh. The, the box, yeah. but, but in, in their scenario, they don't throw it to their running back. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Um, what's the next game, Graham? Yeah. Uh, Saints Patriots. We can breeze through this one here, fellas. Uh, Pats are two and a half point favorites. I think so. Yeah. Uh, over unders 42 lowest on actually it's the second lowest on the slate. I think jets Broncos is at 41 and a half. Actually jets Broncos is 42 and a half. So this game is the lowest over under on the slate. Uh, super slow game. Uh, Saints have played incredibly slow, have been very run heavy. Uh, Sean Payton's just trying to limit Jameis Winston. Uh, Patriots have been incredibly conservative. I mean, Mac Jones is throwing like just five yard pass after five yard pass, and they're very balanced playing slow. Uh, this game is disgusting overall. I, I really don't have much here. Um, Alvin Kamara is going to be 
5%, 8% this week coming off two bad games, but I, I still don't know if I want to go there. If you, if you squint really hard, he is seeing amazing usage. He leads all running backs in target share. Uh, his snap share is up to 78%. It was always at like 65 or 66% throughout his career. He ranks third in XFP market share. What worries me is the matchup. So New England historically mm. is very vulnerable to pass catching running backs. But you know with New England, it's always very matchup dependent or matchup uh, unique to the matchup. And so we've seen McCaffrey flop against them. We've seen Eckler flop against them, like near career uh, lows or season low games against New England. So, so I think New England sells out to stop Kamara because like, I, I mean, who else do you have to worry about? Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to want Jameis to throw it. That's the thing. They're going to want Jameis to throw it. <laughs> right. I, I mean, <laughs> there's probably like a 20% chance Winston goes nuclear just because like Winston can do that. I mean, he was, he was, uh, his MVP odds jumped by, you know, like eight fold after week one, but, um, yeah. Cause everyone's an idiot. <laughs> and there's that. So there's also that. Oh, it was like the flugiest game in like NFL history. And everyone was right. like, was like, you know, yeah. touting themselves as, as being these Jameis whispers or whatever. Yeah. And then the same I mean, Ed, Ed Teach did put like, 60,000 on that but yeah well you can light that on fire so the the Patriots side I think James White is a guy that I really like this week um for tournaments because you can't run like you can't run on the Saints um Mm -hmm. haven't been able to run on the Saints for like three years now but you can they they give up the dump offs to running backs um you know, they got, they got dusted by the saints and McCaffrey caught five of six for 65. And we see now that like James white, because Ramondre Stevenson fumbled and he's dealing with the thumb thing. If he's inactive again, James white gets, you know, he gets all of the James white role. Plus he gets a little bump on the carry side. Um, You know, he got five attempts and one was in the uh, inside the 10 last week. So He's a guy that I think is, is pretty interesting. I think he outscores Clyde Edwards Hilaire way more often than the ownership will dictate us. Yes. yes. Yep. What a world we live in. Dude, James White's going to be like 2% again. I like James White quite a bit last week. I put him in yep. a contrarian plays and he was like half a percent owned. Yep. Um, what do you think happens in a game, Mac Jones, like they force him to pass? You think his eight at doubles from two to four? <laughs> yeah, and it'll be on one Aguilar target, like 15 yards down the field. Yeah, yep. this game sucks. Um, <laughs> it does yeah, suck. Yeah, Let's yeah James on. James White's really the only guy I'm really yeah. looking at. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not even looking at him, but yeah, he's fine on DK. I think he's yeah. a great leverage. He's a great mm-hmm. leverage player for CH. People, dude, CH is going to be 25. percent Yeah, that's really the main reason I like him is because he's the same price. Yeah, I mean, Mike Davis is 200 more, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. Davis is good too, but Davis will be ten percent plus owned. Yeah. Well, let's get there. I think. Let's get there. That's the next game. Giants are three point faves. Over unders forty seven and a half. A uh, couple injuries to to monitor through this game. Russell Gage is out. 
uh, along with AJ Terrell. So the Falcons only good, <laughs> only good cornerback is out. Uh, but unfortunately, Kenny Galladay is questionable. He's got like a hip thing. And I think he's probably dealing with that hamstring again uh, from the training camp again. Uh, and Evan Ingram's trending toward the game time call. He practiced all of this week with the calf injury, but we'll see if he plays. Um, yeah, let's talk Mike Davis because um, I saw some egregious, egregiously bad CPAT fab bids this week. I mean, he was going for like 40 to 50% of fab in some spots, which is just fucking nuts. Um, Scored two touchdowns last week. He looks better than Mike Davis, but I I mean, this is CPAT is never going to be anything more than like a 35 to 40% share of this backfield. Yeah. I think if there's a Davis injury, he becomes a pretty valuable guy in season long just because of the wide receiver eligibility. But if he was only a running back, I think he'd, he'd be sort of sort of worthless. I mean, he's basically like uh, low. I mean, if you were just a running back for season long, he's like essentially a lesser version of James White. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was I was trying to tell everyone for for a month and a half. I mean, he's been the running back too there through all of camp. He's going to continue to be the running back, too. But he is the running back, too. Like he didn't pass Mike Davis last week. And he's not going to without an injury. And well, that, that would have been the week to do it too against Tampa Bay's, you know, number one run defense. Right. Uh, here, here's what I wrote up in the XFP report. So if you in, include plays negated due to penalty, uh, Davis is averaging 13 carries, eight targets, 20.9 XFP that ranks fourth best among running backs, 68% snap share. He leads all running backs in receiving XFP. Um, and again, Patterson's outplayed him, but like, I really do think he is just a, one of those like Duke Johnson guys where it's like, why, why doesn't you touch the ball 20 times a game instead of eight? And it's because like, they just, they, he's just not that. He's a 30, 30 year old former wide receiver. Um, and so the matchup's amazing on paper. Uh, Atlanta's not favored, but uh, the Giants quietly have one of the worst run defenses in football. A, a stat I really like to look at is uh, yards before contact allowed per attempt. And the Giants rank dead last by that stat by a, a, a pretty significant margin. So add it all up. And uh, I like Davis. I think it'll be lower owned than CEH. I like him more than CEH. Yep. Davis is a really good play. I mean, um, even with CPAT, he's seen six and seven targets. Now they're down, you know, their number two receiver with Gage. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with, with Patterson, he's seeing the fourth best volume of any running back by pure XFP yeah. and insane usage in the passing game. And keep um, in mind, they have gotten dunked on back to back weeks. And right. he's played 55 of 70 and 46 of 66 snaps. If this game stays close, I don't think we see, I don't think we see much of, of CPAT. You know, the, the early down runner is Mike Davis, the, you know, the goal line back in a standard situation. I mean, you know, Patterson was being used in the red zone last week, but that's because they were down like a hundred points. So I think if the game stays normal, then, then Mike Davis is a guy that everyone's going to be like, shit, I can't believe like we wrote him off so early. um, If that's how this game goes. And I think he's a really good price on DraftKings. I wouldn't really want, Mike Davis on FanDuel. Uh, I think on FanDuel, Saquon Barkley is like the the best play at running back we've seen in in a long time. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> you know, we, we need the Falcons to stay competitive. They've lost seven straight games um, dating back to last year. And they've lost those seven games by an 11.6 margin. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, like this team, man, is just hilarious. Just they're hilarious. And you know what's so funny is like they have made so many mistakes throughout the years, but they're the one team that's been able to like actually figure out how to use Cordero Patterson. It makes it's just like the most perfect Falcons-y thing ever. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um yeah, Scott. Saquon Barkley. Barkley. <laughs> yeah. You're the Giants fan here, and I think you're being a homer and you're just like Barkley <clears throat> sucks. Yeah. It definitely could be that. So he had one long run, which, you know, was never in question. He should have the long speed, but it's, it's all about like the maneuverability, the ability to, to plant your foot and go, uh, you know, juking, uh, all, all very important aspects of Barkley's game. And he saw the snap share last week, not necessarily the touches. And, you know, the touches were just like a quick dump off, uh, you know, the runs, it was like, he was wide open on that run, although typically New York's offensive line is not good at creating holes. And he just doesn't look, he doesn't look like Barkley. He looks like, he looks like Todd Gurley to me. And maybe it's the the Homer. Maybe it's like, I, I have too many shares in uh, my season long leagues, but I, I don't want to play him. And I know he's just like a ridiculous value. He's off the injury report. Mm-hmm. How so big first, is that, Johnny? How, how, like, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. It just, it's just the team like telling the fan base, like, you know, the training wheels are off. And people, people don't like the fantasy community always wants to write that off. Like, oh, like, you know, it was never in question that he was going to play. And it's like, well, yeah, like it never was. But when he's off the injury report, it means that he was able to like practice in full for the first time this year. And that means that the giants obviously no longer have any questions about his workload, which they did have the first two weeks. Yeah. And, and Scott, I'm not really, I mean, I, I know what you're saying with Barkley, but he only has 26 touches this year. I mean, I, I'm not willing to say that he's not the same guy anymore. I mean, we just don't have, a big enough sample to know. And obviously the, the Giants offensive line is still garbage, but I mean, this is the spot. And so he's, Falcons he's D line is terrible. <laughs> it might be the, it might be the worst in the league. Yeah. Um, so and yeah. they're still giving up the catches. Yeah. Are they post Dan Quinn? That's They've given up see. 13 running back receptions over two weeks. In the Dan Quinn era, it was, it was like top three and running back receptions and, every year. And that's, th- that's right. 13 receptions against the Eagles and the Bucks, <laughs> who both dunked on them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right. All right. Like, sure. You, you swayed me, but it, it could also be the case that like, I'm just not going to go against Johnny when he's like, dude, he's off the injury report End a discussion. Like, all right. All right. Fair. But I mean, just one full practice and you know, who, who knows how he really looked, but, uh, but Man. all right. All right. You sold me. I mean, on FanDuel, he's cheaper I know. than I Tyson know. Williams. <laughs> he's cheaper than Chase Edmonds. He's yeah. cheaper than Clyde Edwards Alaire. I mean, yeah. Barkley's 100%. <laughs> You go 100% Barkley and Fanduel. Yeah, yeah, and the and the I it's like one of those where you're like, oh, you know, Barkley's gonna be, you know, coming into this week, I was like, oh shit, like Barkley's gonna be like 45% owned on Fanduel, but he's not. Like I've been listening to a lot I, every week. I listen to 
um, probably like 30 podcasts around the industry, just because I just want to see what everyone's, you know, fingers on the pulse. And there are plenty of people out there like saying, you know, this is a trap, like Barclays dust, like, but it doesn't even matter. Like I would play 6k Todd Gurley on the giants. If he was going to get hundred percent of the snaps against the Falcons. But I also don't think Barkley is dust. If, if he doesn't look much better here, then we can have that discussion in a couple of weeks, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. There's one other play that we have to talk about. If Kenny Galladay is out, Sterling Shepard is like the absolute nuts on DraftKings. I think he's a pretty strong play just even with Galladay in there, but yeah. I would, my only concern is that Galladay has been like, like chirping about getting targets and whatnot. So I always worry that like a guy is going to get more work than he should. But I, if, if Galladay is out, I would probably be all in on, on Shepard on DraftKings. Uh, all right, cool. Um, let's go to Bengals. You don't want to make a case for Daniel Jones, Graham? I mean, I just think there's better quarterback plays this week. All right. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought we, I, I really like Daniel Jones on DraftKings. Don't really like him or Fandle. Yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, honestly, this week, I think I can find, you know, on DraftKings, I can find the money to get up to staff. <laughs> I think Daniel or Jones has a higher field. ceiling than Justin Fields, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. But, no, I mean, Fields is an awesome streamer this week. I'm playing him over Ryan Tannehill and, you know, four or five season-long teams where I have Tannehill. But I just – for DFS, I think he's kind of yeah. stuck in between this week. That's also – so, to your point, Scott, I, this is a good point to talk about that. To your point, so we had talked about, like, over, you know – the first three, four years of, of DFS on DraftKings, finding the cheap quarterback play of the week was like always the, the proper way to play. You know, the high price quarterbacks were like 9,000. The cheap quarterbacks were like 4,500. And we reached a point where quarterbacks were scoring more points in fantasy and the prices were more stagnant. So this is a week where like if Justin Fields and Daniel Jones are going to combine for like 30% ownership on, on DraftKings, this is a good week to just like X them out and play the Kylers and the Lamars who can just completely, you know, if Daniel Jones scores 20 points, you're, you're like, Oh, nice. Like he three X, but like if Lamar or Kyler scores 35, then it doesn't matter that he three X he still, you still just like can't win a tournament with Daniel Jones versus a, a Kyler 40 bomb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think Daniel Jones is fine for cash, but yeah, tournaments, I'm just Barkley. I mean, that's also why I'm lower on Jones for DFS this week is I'm just – I'm all in on Barkley, especially on FanDuel. Um, all right, guys. Uh, Bengals, Steelers. Steelers are minus three. They're three-point favorites. Over-under is 43. It got ticked down – I think it was at 45.5, so it's down two and a half points since open. Um, some big injury news, though, is uh, Deontay Johnson is not going to play. Uh, well, it's not been officially – he's not been officially ruled out, but, I mean, he's – for all intents and purposes, he's ruled out. And T. Higgins on the Bengals side is – Doubtful. He uh, has a shoulder injury, so it'll be Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd as their top two with Auden Tate, uh, probably playing in some twelve personal sets. Um, from this game, let's let's start with the excuse me. Let's start with the Steelers. Um, okay, if if Claypool can't get it done here with no Deontay, and you take Deontay's ten targets out of the offense that he always gets, I mean, if Claypool can't get it done here, I'm who it's it's going to be rough. 
it's going to be rough here for, uh, for Claypool backers here in season long, but since um, uh, week four of last season, Claypool averages 19.9 fantasy points per game in games. Deontay Johnson either didn't play or failed to see double digit targets. Um, I like him a lot. I think he's, I think he's a really solid play. Uh, Najee Harris is still a value on DraftKings. Uh, I don't know. Steelers lose this game. Yeah, yeah I think the, so. Dude, yeah. their their offense looks so it's broken. It's broken yeah. right now. Yeah, and Big Ben's, Ben's broken. Yeah, he's hurt. You know, I I, I so I want to steal a take just because I thought this was the funniest thing ever. Danny Kelly. On oh the shit, man! Ravens entire D line is going on COVID reserve. Oh, oh boy, Brandon Williams, Justin Houston, Jalen Ferguson. I mean, wow. Jared Goff, baby. Yeah, we have DeAndre Swift. Yeah, yeah. Well, the total in this game is going to, like, go up by, like, three or four points. If if you're listening live, bet it now. Yeah, I'm I'm about about to get on my phone here. I'm in Texas. I can't do it. Hammer that. Yeah, and I think you probably also, like, Lions to cover. It just came out. Uh, just, Ravens, uh, Zrebek just tweeted it, just tweeted it out like two minutes ago. <clears throat> One minute ago. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, that's the that's basically the starting D line is out. They're going to lose probably, I would say, another player or two before before Sunday. I would betting the Lions to cover and and maybe this to to go over. I think is are both reasonable. I mean, if you can't. If you can't pressure Jared Goff, he can score. Yeah. Yeah, I just got a – yeah, I just got to over at 50. It's not moved yet. It'll move quickly, though. Do you take Detroit in the points, too? I'd still nah, I'm, I'm staying away from that. One thing I will say – uh, like, Just put a big piece on the over. On the splits, when the Ravens um, – when the Ravens have been without Brandon Williams, um, they have given up – um like serious rushing numbers so deandre swift's probably props are probably a little low i think those are probably pretty reasonable too <laughs> that's what i was just looking at second <laughs> yeah swift priorities yeah, swift's prop is 39 and a half on bet mgm right now so just for his rushing yards yeah yes. i would bet that over i mean yeah. he only has three more carries than jamal but he has uh, i guess only four more targets and I just Brand- hopped on both there with Brandon Williams out though. Yeah. And, and Derek, they just ruled out Derek Wolf too. So there's a backup D lineman Jesus. who's not able to play either. Yep. Although that's, this, this could be the first game that we, we lose. I blame it on Lamar. <laughs> Lamar out here spreading anti-vax conspiracy theories. And now the Ravens, everyone's got COVID. But I think these are all just close contacts because they had a linebacker. Yeah, their line, yeah, their linebacker tested positive yesterday. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I think it it is all just close contact stuff. But these guys have to have negative tests. Any anyone who's put on the list today can't play Sunday. Correct, because you got to have two negative tests within forty eight hours, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Can't play. Yeah. All right. So if you're still listening, fifty is out there in a few spots, and uh, Swift. Just bet the swift rushing props. 
they actually just, what about pulled, anyone they else? just pulled a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nicely yeah. done. Yeah, they so just pulled a bunch of boys. shit. Yeah. Uh, Quintez Cephas. Yeah, he's a guy that I would like if I wasn't like so all in on Hawkinson. But I right. think I think the Goff, yep. Cephas, Hawkinson stacks are are live. Yeah, hit Goff, every Goff's Hawkinson been okay. over. Goff's been okay, man. He really has been. Maybe he just needed to get away from Sean McVay. And, yeah. and Herbert's looked a lot worse. Maybe Anthony Lynn is the QB guru we didn't yeah. know we needed and didn't and deserve. But. I feel like Anthony Lynn's like an okay offensive coordinator. He's just like the nut worst head coach. Yeah. His, his, <laughs> game, his game management last year was egregiously bad. He's like when, when Kirk Cousins kneeled instead of spiking it, like that's Anthony Lynn as a head coach. But every fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not just one time mistake. Every time I would listen to one of his pressers, every single time I was like, this is Rex Ryan. Like he is a legitimate yeah. Rex Ryan clone. And like, that's where he came from. And like, they're kind of the same person, which is like, they're likable and they're funny, but like, I don't know that you're a good head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We got a little carried away here with all that Lions stuff, Raven stuff. Um, so oh, I was going to say uh, Danny talk- Kelly's take on the Ringer yeah. podcast. Yeah. Hilarious. He was like, I think, I think Ben's actually going to be better now that he's hurt because that's like, he spends like 90% of his football life hurt. So it's like, you know, when you play beer pong sober, you're not really good. And then you, you start drinking and you settle down and you're like muscle memory kicks in and it takes the nerves off and, and you're just in the groove and that's what it is for Ben. So Ben's going to smash this week. I, I just thought that was funny. I mean, like, yeah. I, that's the thing is like Ben has randomly gotten really hurt and then played better. Like that's, ha- that's happened before. I wouldn't count on it this week. And, and he looks totally, you know, yeah. dude, retire, please. Yeah. yeah. I think it's this, over. The big Ben experiment is over. Yeah, dude, this is Drew Brees from last year, but worse. Cause Brees like was still getting worse than Rivers last year. Oh, they should give Rivers a call. Dude, dude Peyton Manning shot put. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bad, man. It's real bad. Um, so, Johnny, you like the you like Bengals money line here? Yeah, I like. I do. I do. I think um, I was a donkey and had Bengals money line last week. Burrow threw fucking three picks, but I'm not gonna talk. yeah, I, you know, I I think the um, Steelers defense is like they're good, but they haven't been, you know, what what you hope, and and their offense just puts them in such bad positions. Um, you know, Bengals, the Bengals defense is the, like, it's the first, like, you know, 2K play on DraftKings where you're, like, excited to play them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Steelers are just a bad team. What did you say? Bengals defense? I'm sorry. I missed it. Yeah. On DraftKings, they're 2,100. Okay, I mean, nice. they, it's, it's like one of the first times where um, you get a cheap defense that, like, really projects really well. <laughs> Um, so we got to talk Jamar Chase and mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd. You know, they were all popping as immense values on, I think, both of the sites, um, like all three, basically. And it was kind of hard to make an argument just because the offense, uh, you know, they spread it around to those three guys. But now it's more concentrated. T. Higgins leaves behind 7.5 targets per game. He's doubtful. Jamar Chase is ranked 20th in fantasy points per game, but 75th in XFP per game. 
So, you know, I, I expect him to continue to be like efficient, maybe not that hyper efficient, but we'll see good volume. And then Tyler Boyd, nine targets last week, decent production. And with Joe Hayden back, you have to think Pittsburgh still the slot funnel we were targeting last year. They were the number three or number four slot funnel. And then uh, Renfro and Cole Beasley led in, in targets week one, week two. Uh, and so people are going to overlook him, but he's like wide receiver 48 on, on DraftKings by salary. He's, he's going to pop in most projection models when you remove uh, T Higgins, but he's a good play. And he's one of those guys who's going to start popping in projection models late in the week. So he'll end up what eight to 12% owned. And I think Boyd is, is close to as, you know, he's like a good pivot off of, of Marvin Jones in the same price range on, on DraftKings. I mean, they're both um, really good plays. Yeah. Uh, on FanDuel, uh, Scott, you said Mike Williams was one of the best values. Who do you like more, Williams at 6K or Chase at 59? I, I'd say maybe both, but but yeah. probably Williams. Yeah, Williams' uh, volume is just a little bit better. Yeah. Um, any mix in love? I mean, I don't, I don't know if this, the spot Steelers have been really good against the run. TJ Watt and Devin Bush are both questionable. I haven't seen anything on Watt today, though. So the only – so what the the one thing I like for Mixon is – so Cincinnati defense will probably be the highest on defense on DraftKings, Cincy and, and Titans. So, like, in your tournament teams where you're playing Cincy defense, I think pairing Mixon with the Cincy defense is is pretty strong. Um, but I don't – I don't love Mixon, but he's a really good price. I mean, he's 6,300. He's getting bell cow work. Um, 81% of the snaps. Like, that, that, it, that's what's so tricky this year. It, like, pisses me off is, like, year over year, all we do is, like, oh, 80% of the snaps every week must play. And then you have Najee at 97%, and he's cheap. You have Mixon at 81%. You think they win, and he's cheap. And it's just they're, – They're good plays. Yeah. It's just that, that this is a poor game environment. Yeah. Um, and it's a this, tough on paper matchup for this slate, you know, like a 43 total on this slate is like, you know, fuck this game. But I do like, I do like them paired with, with their defense. Yeah. This is the slowest game in my adjusted pace and plays model by far, by the way, it's not close. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not that great of a game. Um, I, I mean, the, the flip side to all this is like, not only has big Ben dust, but the Bengals have been very run heavy. I mean, they're, they're running the ball 55% of the uh, time on early downs. It's like Browns Ravens territory. I mean, they have been very, very conservative out of the gates. And I think they're going to throw more this week with the matchup, but yeah, I mean, th- this game is, is pretty gross overall, I think. Um, yep. Uh, okay. Let's move it on here. Uh, where are we? Colts Titans. Um, Derrick Henry. Uh, Titans are five point favorites at home. Uh, we know what Derrick Henry does when the Titans are going to win and when they're favored. Um, Carson Wentz, man, he's dealing with two sprained ankles. Like they're p- playing it Practice, very close. Though. I don't know what the hell is yeah. going on there. I don't. I don't either. I mean, they're they're playing it very close to the vest, which they should. Um, playing um but i mean i i we really don't know i don't think we're going to know until maybe saturday night sunday morning what's going to happen here but um titans are uh five point favorites over under is 48 
Colts have been massively, massively overvalued by the markets the last two weeks. I, I bet against the, the Colts in week one uh, that worked successfully. I bet against them last week with the Rams at minus three and a half. And that would have worked if the Rams didn't fumble the ball in the third play of the fourth quarter. Um, that, you know, terrible punt situation there where the freaking uh, down blocker got in the way. But um, Titans are five point favorites here. I think if Wentz is out, it'll get to seven or eight. Um, but man, hey, can I, Colts are in a really tough spot here. Really, really tough spot. Can I go off topic for a second and, and get a, a season long take from Johnny? Uh, so the Colts are owing to uh, Carson Wentz has, has two sprained ankles out of a potential two. I was, I was cracking up when I saw the practice report and it said Carson Wentz, yeah. parentheses, ankles. Yeah. <laughs> Just so perfect. Ankle, ankle. Um, so they're owing to. They're on the road back to back to back in tough matchups against the Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. They go 0-5. What are the chances they sit Wentz for nearly the remainder of the season so they don't give up a round one? Instead, they only give up a round two. Um, I doubt that would happen. But another, like, without another injury... I think this could be a team where like Wentz has another injury and they just put him on IR and say, screw it. What gives that theory life, Scott, is if they do go 0 and 5, right? I mean, they, their schedule gets a lot easier after the Ravens game. They've, they've got the Texans and Jags mixed in there. So they'll win a couple of those. But like the Texans they, are good, Graham. <laughs> Davis They're Mills, really baby. Davis Mills, Mills Mafia. Now. Yeah. Next, next Tom Brady. Um, oh, Texans uh, are so weird. What I was going to say, though, is if they play Wentz and they go like, you know, let's say they're sitting at like two and ten. I mean, that's that's live for top five, top six pick. I mean, at that point, you would have to bench Wentz. I don't think we're at that point. I don't think we're at the point yet where they're going to bench, bench Wentz. But if it's like week 12 and they've got three wins, they're 100 percent. They have every incentive not to play them. I don't I just don't think we're at that point just yet. I think it's a little um, too early for that. So the concern with Jonathan Taylor, obviously, is game script. He's seeing amazing volume. He ranks third in XFP per game by a landslide. And like last year, he ranked like 23rd and still finished as a mid RB1. If he saw this usage he was seeing last year, uh, or he, if he saw this usage and was as hyper efficient as he was last year, he'd be averaging like 28.9 fantasy points per game. Uh, brutal touchdown luck he's going to regress but obviously game scripts a concern we have three hurt offensive linemen and uh i mean he's in play on Fanduel, but like eckler is just so much of a better play i don't really yeah. see myself playing it yeah and taylor's a risk to be scripted out for for hines and if 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 wentz doesn't play i mean hunley is really really bad you think they go to hunley over eason it seems like they might. I, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. yeah. Yeah. Colts are Colts are going to get trucked here. Derrick Henry is expensive as hell, but I mean, you know what you know you know what the upside is with uh, Titans in a good script. Yeah. yeah, he's a way better play than than Alvin Kamara or, yep. or Dalvin Cook. Cook might not play that, or if he yeah. plays, he's going to be very limited. I think. <laughs> Yeah, he's very banged up right now. Um, Titans, it's all Henry, right? No Tannehill, no Brown, no Julio. 
think Tannehill's fine. I, I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't. He's seven, he is seven K on Fanduel. Yeah, I think he's he's a guy that like you know you want to you want to play Tannehill and and one of the receivers. I'm I'm okay with that. We've also seen that he correlates okay with Henry, but I think for the cost of Henry, I, I wouldn't want to play them together. Yeah, especially if the Colts just get body slammed here, which they could. Um, all right. Afternoon games, Jets, Broncos. Broncos are the biggest favorite on the slate at 10 and a half. Um, overrunners 42 and a half, which is right in line with Saints Patriots for the lowest on this slate. Um, I mean, man, Jets side is just, I, I really don't think we need to talk too much about it. I mean, they're rotating, you know, running back. Uh, Corey Davis and Elijah Moore are, um, you know, the top two targets or top two receivers in this offense in terms of routes, but Braxton Berrios leads the team in targets right now. I don't think Jameson Crowder is going to play this week. I think he might've already gotten ruled out. Um, Jets, is there anything or nope. can we talk Broncos? Yeah. I, I did just want to say Zach Wilson is a lot better than his numbers imply right now. He's been uh, under pressure on 50% of his dropbacks that uh, easily ranks worst. Uh, Denver ranks bottom eight by PFF pass rush grade. And they're going to be without Bradley Chubb this week. Uh, I think, I think Zach Wilson is going to be owned on like 30% of JM's GPP lineups. It's just like such a JM play, uh, but it's definitely risky. Uh, Sort of makes sense. He's not playable, dude. I mean, he's cheap. His receivers are cheap. And no. this, this should be like the best matchup he's had this far, but yeah, I, I get it. It's still not a good matchup. Broncos of secondary has been pretty damn good. And I mean, I think Zach Wilson's on a similar talent spectrum as Lawrence and Daniel Jones. They have a 15 point team total, man. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. There's only one playable player in this game. And I think it's, it's Cortland Sutton and I'm moving on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm there too. I mean, season long Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are, you know, yeah. RB2s with RB1 upside in this spot. But, yeah, I, I think I'm with yeah. you. I think it's Sutton, and I would sniff around on Patrick, but it's Sutton. Um, by the way, for Jets, Jameson Crowder is a game-time decision. Um, so we'll I see get, on that. I guess you could play Fant, too, but I just – I'm just not playing him over over Hawkinson. Yeah. But he's an okay yep. price. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Dolphins Raiders, another fairly gross game to get this afternoon. Start uh, slate started. Um, no Tua, uh, he's going to miss this week and potentially more. Um, I mean, we saw it. Jacoby Brissett is just it, it's hard to watch. It was really hard to watch that game last week. They just had no chance. Uh, Raiders are three and a half point favorites. Over unders forty four. Um, I mean, Miami's. You know, it's kind of like what we talked through earlier with. Um, with the Browns, man. I mean, it's just like they have a rotation at receiver. They do a lot of different shit in terms of their personnel packages. They have a rotation at running back. Um, and now it's going to be, you know, mucked up with Jacoby Brissett, which is no fun. So um, no Dolphins. And then I guess, you know, the Raiders side, Scott, it's it's Waller. And, um, you know, I think like we talked about earlier, it's, it's Waller, Kelsey, and Hawk at tight end. And kind of just depends on what your, you know, what your lineup looks like from there. But I mean, Waller's just a, another, you know, he's a phenomenal play once again. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, any love for Carr in tournaments? Nope. No? Nope. Yeah. I think I'd rather play Danny Dimes on a DK for sure. 
Um, Drake. Too many carries to Peyton Barber. That was that was yeah. so brutal. Drake did play a ton. Seventy-one percent of the snaps. Got eleven of twelve red zone snaps. He's on the field for every single, pretty much every single passing play too. Yeah, but Barber Barber out carried him, which was like so frustrating. Which makes me think, like, if they get a big lead, we're gonna just see Peyton Barber in the second half, and that just sucks when you're playing like the home favorite running back. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's in play on DraftKings, but he's a little bit better priced on FanDuel. Um, all right, uh, let's get to a better game here: Bucks Rams. Uh, Bucks, uh, Bucks are uh, one point favorites. This actually opened uh, Bucks plus two, and it got freaking hammered within like thirty minutes. And the books switched it back to Bucks. Uh, Bucks is a one point fave. Uh, uh, Over under is fifty five and a half. And I mean, guys, this is you know this is the spot, man. I mean, the Rams have not had to do much offensively. They ran fifty plays in week one. They ran sixty two last week against the Colts. Um, you know, Stafford is, you know, just not, he's just not had to drop back to pass very much. Um, but he's been extremely efficient when he has, uh, Rams are number one in EPA per pass attempt right now. Um, and man, they're going to have to throw way more with the bucks, uh, here, you know, they're, they're play, the Rams play volume is going to spike big time this week. Um, injuries is obviously Darrell Henderson. Uh, he's got some sort of like rib cartilage issue. Uh, even if he were 100%, we'd probably be fading with this Bucks run defense. We just don't really play, you know, running backs against the Bucks. Um, so we'll see if we get Michelle. We'll see if we get some news on that. But um, Johnny, man, are we back? Are we back on Cup this week? Yeah, he's the best play on the slate again. <laughs> he's just—I mean—they just don't want to. They don't want to price him up, and people don't want to play him. I don't get it. Uh, every, like half the industry is talking about how like Robert Woods is like the best pivot off of Cooper cup. And I don't even, I don't even think Robert Woods is in play. Wow. If I'm, if I'm like, if I'm playing like one, two, three teams, I'm just playing, I'm just playing cup. Um, it's very clear that he is the alpha wide receiver one in this offense. Um, they're playing the Bucks. The matchup is amazing. Um yep. Robert Woods hasn't been good. He hasn't had, he hasn't done much with Stafford. Um, you know, I think Woods is, you know, in, in Stafford double stacks, if you want to do that or, or in larger field tournaments, but I just don't think the, like the ownership gap equity is, is good enough to play Robert Woods. I mean, he's projecting for like 15% ownership across the industry because everyone is so galaxy brained over this, like, they're like, it's like people were like mad they didn't play Cooper Cup. So they're like trying to find a way to like not play him again. Yeah. In our ownership projections, Robert Woods is the third highest projected owned receiver. Right. Cup's number one for what it's yeah. worth. But. I mean, if Woods is going to be top five ownership, he's just like not even playable, I don't think. Yeah. Well, what about what? on FanDuel? Because I don't yeah, was... disagree, but that felt like a very DraftKings specific take. He's wide receiver 26 on FanDuel. Uh, 6,100. Mike Williams is 6,000. Jamar Chase is 5,900. You like him third best? Definitely. I think Woods is definitely more in play on FanDuel, but I think he's going to be like one of the highest owned wide receivers on FanDuel. Because people are going to, people are playing him as the 6K piece in this game. All right. For, for cash, 
Chase Williams was. Like pick between one? I mean, like, who do you like the least? Is it Woods? I like Mike Williams more than Robert Woods. Right. Or Vandal for sure. Chase? Um, you mean Claypool? Or Jamar? Jamar Chase. Chase is just Claypool is like right in that range too. I believe he's 5,800. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you know, Robert Woods had nine targets last week, which is great. He didn't do much with them. He's not, he's not like a, an amazing talent by any, by any means. He doesn't seem to have much chemistry with Stafford. I'm not like excited about trying to get Robert Woods of the past when Cup is just, I mean, on DraftKings, the, the price gap between Cup and Woods is a no-brainer. But, yeah, I mean, on FanDuel, I think you can get away from Cup. Um, but I still think he's, you know, he should be priced as a top three wide receiver, and he's he's not. Um, uh, before we move on to Bucks, are we any interest in going back to Higby or are we just sticking with the Kelsey Waller-Hawk core? He's definitely in play. Yeah, I mean, he's in play. For sure. I mean, everything we said last week is true, except now no one wants to play him. And and with Henderson out, I think the Stafford double stacks are 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 pretty live. Is Sony in play at all? I don't think so. He's cheap. I mean, he's going to be cheap, but I Henderson he, was seeing like one hundred percent of the snaps. And and Sony got zero targets, and they mm-hmm. they they like Jake Funk in that like receiving role um so i think we see a committee but if if henderson misses i think we see a committee with michelle and funk and it's like against the box do you want do you want the two down runner yeah and i mean to get there michelle is gonna have to score twice um buckside no ab this week uh he's vaccinated but he's still testing negative so he's out i believe already um i don't think it's been official yet but uh he's not gonna play uh so that condenses things uh for the bucks between evans and godwin and gronk scotty miller will be their three um but yeah i mean it definitely definitely makes things a little easier i mean i know last week we were talking about people being afraid to stack up brady because there's too many receivers but it's like we know where the ball is going uh, now we especially know where the ball is going, and I think ownership is going to reflect that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, Scott, who, who do you think Ramsey plays the most? Godwin. Godwin? Okay. I think he shadows him. Okay. Damn. So Evans then. That just made me mad. Damn, <laughs> I didn't want you to say that. Really? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's played 55% of his coverage snaps from the slot this year. I think Godwin's the wide receiver one. Like, that's what, how it looks like this year to me. Yeah. And if he is playing mostly in the slot anyway, why not just stick there full time? Um, I don't think Evans has like a, a good on paper matchup either. Scotty Miller, like, is, is he in play? I don't think so. It's like a committee, right? With the wide receiver three. Yeah, we've, so, we've been so, down this before. So is it a tight end funnel? Is it, is it Gronk week? Guy has two to... touchdowns in three straight games. <laughs> it's been Gronk week to start every uh, every week at this point. Right. I mean, that's his guy. That's the most elite end zone weapon of yeah. all time, the greatest tight end of all time. And he's BFFs with, with Tommy. So, yeah. oh, I, I forget who said it, but 
not only does he want to break Peyton Manning's record for single season touchdowns, but based on the Manning Manning cast, it seems like he also wants to go after Peyton's touchdown record with Marv, where he's like only 18 touchdowns shy with Tom Brady. So yeah, I don't know. I think Bromley brought that up, but yeah. Yeah, it was a great take. But yeah, I think I think in terms of the like the wide receiver three for, for the Bucks, I think we see more of um OJ Howard and Cameron Brate this week. Ooh. Okay. Um I don't think it's really going to affect Gronk all that much, but I, I, I wouldn't be stoked about any of these um, Bucks wide receivers. I think, I think Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, and then uh, rotate. And then do you remember there was a week last year where um, I don't know if Scotty Miller got hurt or somebody got hurt and Godwin ended up playing more on the outside. And there was that, that like, little munchkin dude that the bucks had that ended up playing in the slot and he's he caught like seven for 80 or something and no one played him it was a showdown slate and everyone was like tilted out of their mind so that's that's the thing is like you really don't know what they're gonna do um at wide receiver so i think you know i wanted i wanted you to tell me that jalen ramsey was gonna shadow mike evans so we could go all in on godwin but that's tilting to think that he might shadow yeah. i mean um sis has ramsey at 75 percent slot and that's yeah. basically right where godwin's been at 75 percent slot so Jaden mickens that's the dude Jaden mickens who has played a lot when guys have missed he's like a he's like an absolute nobody and then all of a sudden he's had a few games where he's played like 60 70 percent of the snaps at wide receiver Cause he's like that. He's like Godwin's like backup slot guy. If for whatever reason they don't play Scotty Miller in the slot, I don't know. Weird stuff. Yeah. Um. Great game. Yeah. It's a great game. Um. Two teams that are not going to be able to run the ball because the Bucks don't have a running game. The Rams are missing their starting running back, and you can't run on the Bucks. Um. I mean, this is. This is the spot you want. And um, people aren't playing Brady or or Stafford. Um, really? Have, I, yeah. I expected everyone to just go all in on this game or the Chiefs game. So, yeah, I thought that too. But when you look at the like quarterback ownership around the industry, we're going to see a ton of Lamar Jackson, a ton of Daniel Jones, a ton of Justin Fields. People want to get back on Josh Allen. Um, I thought coming into the week, I was like, Stafford's going to be like really owned, you know, Mm-mm. and mm. no, he's not. I mean, he's going to be like five, six, seven percent owned probably. He's going to be he's, even, he's going to be even lower on FanDuel. Yeah. He might literally be two or 3% on FanDuel this week. And this is one of those spots where I think where like <clears throat> losing their starting running back is better for Stafford than the backup running back, which like their spots we've seen in the past. This is, I mean, this is a great spot for, for Stafford. You know who all the receivers are. There's only, you know, four to really pick from. And then same with the box. There's yeah. really only three to pick from. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is a great spot here. Um, You know, because, you know, because the Bucs are pushing pace and because they're scoring so much, I mean, the Bucs lead the, lead the league in points per play. Um, their defense has faced uh, 106 106 pass attempts so far uh that's by far the most in the league cowboys are second at 91 
Um, so Stafford, I mean, you know, the thing that has been holding Stafford back, even though he's been great, has been the play volume. And this week, there's going to be a shit ton of play yeah. volume. So, yeah, I mean, Stafford's averaging like 300 yards and, and two and a half touchdowns. And he has not 20. A, he has, yeah. On like 25 attempts. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't eclipsed 30 attempts yet. So, yeah, yeah this is this is the Stafford spot here. Um, I think Stafford's the best tournament play on FanDuel with his receivers. Yeah. And I was telling, I was telling Scott the other day, um, these, the people, people want to play the non-mobile quarterbacks on FanDuel just because of sort of how pricing works out. But I also really, I, I, I like them a lot on DraftKings too now because no one plays them and, and the 300 yard bonus is still a valuable thing. And I think it's gotten a little bit of a discount around the industry to where everyone wants to play the mobile quarterbacks. So um, no, I mean, no one is playing Stafford on, on DraftKings cause he's a, cause he's a weird price. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a good game. Um, and the final game of the, the slate is good too. Seahawks Vikings Seahawks are two point favorites over under 55. Um, and I, I brought this up last week. I'm going to continue to bring it up, man. This, this Vikings team is a shootout team. They are 10 and three towards the over over the last 13 games. 11 of those 13 have combined for 50 or more points. Uh, obviously last week's game with the Cardinals went nuts and this game has the potential to do that too. Seahawks are playing way faster. Uh, they're ninth in pace right now. They're like middle of the pack, maybe slightly below average in pace last year. Um, you know, Seahawks are still pretty balanced overall. Uh, 60 40 pass run split on first and second down this year but um, them playing a lot faster is gonna uh, gonna help this game uh, even more especially with the Vikings just giving up a shit ton of points just like they did last year um, I, I don't think this game is gonna go under on too I mean I think people are gonna be on Chiefs they'll be on um, you know Lamar and, and Kyler but I, I really don't think Wilson and and Lockett and Metcalf are gonna have that much ownership yeah, and Chris Carson is a is a great like flop, flop lag play. I mean, he got there last week, but um, yeah, he's he's had such a weird start of the year because he had a great game in week one where he had like 120 scrimmage yards, and then last week he didn't have any scrimmage yards, but he you know he got the two short scores and, and got there. But his yeah. role was amazing. I mean, his yeah. role was fucking awesome. Vikings running D is not good. Uh, Carson's a great price. I will say he's a. I will say Carson's a little harder to get to on FanDuel. I think Eckler's just like the nuts there, but Carson's yeah. 7,700, Eckler's seven. Yep. Scott, I saw you shaking your head. Yeah, Carson, I think, is is only in play on, on draftings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Carson a lot. My question to you, Johnny, is how do we play Alexander Madison, who is cheap on FanDuel, not cheap on DraftKings, in the, the late game? which looks to be a game time decision. So the, I think we talked about this last year. The Vikings don't like Alexander Madison. Um, They have never really committed to him. Uh, They just drafted uh, what? Kenny Nwangu. Nwangu. Yeah. Um, And, and he's, you know, Nwangu has been injured, but um, the, the thing about, Madison is last year when he got that spot start for cook and like, they got down like a touchdown right away. They just like immediately abandoned Madison. Um, They don't like him in the passing game. 
Um, In week 17 of last year, 21 carries, 95 rushing yards, three targets, 50 receiving yards, two total touchdowns, absolute smash. Yeah, Yeah, the Falcons game. That game was, yeah, that week 17 game. I mean, they were dead to the playoffs, though. Right. So the, the Madison is this weird, he's just this weird, like guy where we think he's good. Like I, I think he has talent, but like the Vikings don't really seem to like him. So I think his floor, his floor is much lower than a lot of like the community thinks he is. Has another running back played a single snap? I don't think so. Well, Amir Abdullah has been a healthy scratch. I think he's actually on the practice squad, so they'd have to elevate him. So it's right. I just, I just mean in the sense that they, they the the Vikings don't view him as as highly as the fantasy community does, as like this, you know, shoe in handcuff or whatever. But I like him more this week because he's a four p.m. play. Like he's a guy I would want to get on if they rule Dalvin cook out because the Seahawks run defense is so bad, but he's a guy that I like, I never want to play Madison at like 30% ownership because he fails so often, but I think at like three or 4% because he's 4 PM and we don't know about Dalvin cook beforehand. He's a guy I would want, I would want to get on. So I think that kind of answers what you were asking, Scott. Yeah. I mean, he's 5,200 on FanDuel. They did not adjust his price. Uh, yeah. He is more expensive than Ronald Jones, though. So there's that. <laughs> uh, we got we to do the, the Evan Silva, Ronald Jones. Enough already. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen that. <laughs> uh, I've seen it. It's good. <laughs> we need more clips like that. We need more clips like, like they do. Well, do we have any clips where we've said the same thing like 13 times about the same player? Does anyone hate I mean, a we, player more we, than sure we have. hates him? Yeah. I'm sure we have. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think I might hate Rojo more than him. I've never been a Rojo guy. Yeah. Um, this is a great game, though, too. And it's going to go under own. People don't want to play Justin Jefferson. I want to play Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. he's, he's a, a good great, value. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a great tournament play. Although KJ Osborne on DraftKings. He's <laughs> just. Uh, dude, KJ Osborne is he's the new Justin Jefferson. He's <laughs> 3,500. He is going to be really highly owned on DraftKings because so he's like, a, the GOAT. He is That's a 3,500 near full time player in a 54 point total. But keep in mind, he played less last week than he did in week one um so if if the vikings get a lead and they're not shooting out osborne is dust if the game shoots out i think osborne is a is a great play so i think he's less valuable as a one-off than he is valuable in stacks of this game Uh, question from chat. D Montgomery is asking if cook is out, do, um, do the Vikings increase or decrease their pace? And I really don't think that matters all that much. Uh, they do throw are, more. Yeah, they will throw more. Yeah. That's what I was about to say, but the Vikings have been actually pretty quick this year. They've been, I think, uh, I just pulled it up. They're ninth in pace. Let's see. Uh, 
just had it. Oh, actually, 11th in pace. So they're playing faster. That's probably a, a microcosm of the two games they've played too. But yeah, they'll throw it a little bit more, if anything, especially if if the Seahawks, you know, push the pace um, on offense. You know, Vikings are going to have to play fast and throw more. So yeah, I don't I don't really think it changes too much of what this game, how this game is going to play out. Um, all right, let's make a lineup here, guys. Uh, we got a few yeah. minutes. Um, yeah, let's do it. Um, Scott, pick a quarterback. Um, Brady. Wait, is this cash or tournaments here? No, uh, let's go Stafford. Okay. Tournament, right? I feel like you yeah. can't build cash game lineups yet because there's we're trying to figure out what's going on with Cook. We're trying to figure out what's going on with the Ravens. Do you want to At go back? I don't to feel the... comfortable yet. Let's do a tournament team. All right. Cup, Cup and Stafford. Okay. We, we might dub stack. We'll, we'll see. We'll let it grow organically. I, I'm done. Now it's your turn, Johnny. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to do a mini stack and then turn it over to Graham. I'm going to play Marquise and Hawkinson. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Hawkinson and... Don't blow it, Graham. We got something working here. Try my hardest. Uh, let's get some backs. Um, I mean, I think Eckler is just like a phenomenal play. So let's play Eckler. We got 4,700 remaining. Um, I'm back. I really like this team so far. Yeah. So if we go... I'm looking at defense here. If we go Bengals D and pay all the way down, we've got 5,500 remaining. Uh, let's let's eat the chalk on one of the wide receivers. You want to do Marv or KJ Osborne or yeah, I don't want to play KJ. All right, let's go Marv. Okay, just because we don't have a ton of salary remaining. Marv playing Marv there though gives us 5,900 per. Yeah, which is pretty solid. Yeah. Um. No, we could stack. We could stack Nixon with the uh, Bengals defense, but I, I, I'm sure there's a better uh, Najee, Saquon, Carson, Nixon, Mike Davis, <clears throat> Ceh. Do we do we play? Do we play Mike Evans though? I like it. Uh, we can go double tight end, Johnny. Double and then reverse running backs. If you play Mike Evans, you got 5,500 left remaining for the final back. Which is... Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake. You could do Mike Davis and move up to Tennessee defense. Okay. Ooh, I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Go up to Tennessee D, especially if Wentz is out. And we're just full-on fading uh, Kansas City? Well, I mean, you get like if that game explodes, Eckler is like the best piece for that game shooting out in terms of price per like value in a shootout. Yep. And leverage, too. I mean, to your point earlier, Proctor, he's not going to be owned. I like that. So we got Stafford, Eckler, 
Davis, Cup, Holly Wu, Marv Jones, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Evans, Titans D. Like that a lot. I do too. Like that a lot. All righty, fellas. It's been fun. Um, stick around if you want to hang out. Uh, Joe and Tom are going to be uh, talking through the slate from a betting perspective. They're going to be on about uh, 13 minutes or so. So stick around for that. Uh, for Johnny, for Scott, for Ben Behind the Glass, I'm Graham. This has been the Week 3 Cashing Points Podcast. Thanks for hanging out.